All right, if you're able to stand in your home, because this is out of reverence for the Lord and his word, please do so as we read from God's word this incredible verse that is, uh, it's uh, just a very, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a unique message, I think, in some ways this morning. All right, let's stand. Hear God's word to you and to me this morning. Ecclesiastes 7.10. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. <laughs> Thus ends the reading of God's holy and inerrant word. May he bless it to our hearts and our lives this very morning. Now who hasn't um, looked back to times of the past, right? When things seemed better and seemed that they were better and mourned over how things have changed, right? We say, oh, how things have changed. You know, the kids used to, you know, they're so disrespectful these days. They were, they were respectful back then. I mean, we've all, as we've looked at these crazy days of COVID, we've all been looking back and saying, in some, to some degree, why were the old days better? Or maybe we could put it another way. Maybe this is another way to think about it. If you ever look back at a time in your life, maybe when you were a brand new believer in Christ and everything was new and you were on fire for Jesus and you seemed to have unlimited zeal and energy uh, for the service of the Lord, for the worship of the Lord, for evangelism, for prayer, for getting deep into his word, for loving people um, in the name of Jesus. And you, you find yourself uh, reminiscing about those days and longing to be back there at that point in time in the past. Now, I remember I had a discussion when I was in Baltimore as an associate pastor, Grace Reform uh, Presbyterian Church. I remember having a discussion with one of the elders there, a fellow gospel worker, and I was sharing about, you know, how I, I long for those days again. And I'll never forget his response because uh, it really took me by surprise. Um, he said, you have to come to terms that you may never get back there. And I remember feeling like, seriously? Like, talk about throwing some cold water on things, right? I mean, how could you say that to me? I'll never get back there. How dare you is kind of what I thought, to be honest with you. But I knew in my heart he was on to something. And maybe my own emotional reaction revealed that I needed to consider where my heart's focus really was. What were my expectations fixed on? And was it proper? Was it right? Was it the Lord's will for me to constantly be pining and longing for a season in my life that was past? What we often call the honeymoon period of when we first come to know Jesus. No matter how special and how good it was, and it certainly was a beautiful time, was it something that I should have been constantly aiming for again and trying to rediscover? Now, for others, it's not necessarily uh, their, the beginning of their personal walk with Jesus that they pine for and long for. But for some folks, and I know many of my, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's they, they long for uh, a time in history, like the great, for instance, the Great Reformation, right? When uh, the gospel was rediscovered in space and time in the 1500s and brought back out to bear um, and, and how it uncovered the superstition and the legalism of the day. And it opened back up uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, people's eyes to the good news of Jesus Christ, where they could come directly to God the Father by grace alone, uh, through faith alone, in Christ alone. 
um, totally uh, an incredible, wonderful time, a lot of lessons to learn from those days. But what they've done is they've enshrined that period of time in their hearts and in their minds. And they seem to have a very difficult time with taking the biblical principles that we learned through uh, the Reformation times into the modern times. You know, my wife always says to me, uh, you're stuck in the 80s. Well, such folks are stuck in the 1500s. Uh, they, they, they want those glory days. They want those days back. They think they do anyway. I'll talk about that in a moment. But as precious and as invaluable as our spiritual, spiritual heritage is, it's not God's will for us to live our lives in the past, constantly uh, comparing the so-called good old days with the present days that we currently live in. As a matter of fact, we just read it, the Bible comes right out and tells us that to do so is a very unwise thing. Um, Ecclesiastes 7.10, I'll read it again. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it's not wise to ask such questions. Well, I thought as we started off a new year with some, uh, there's going to be plenty of new challenges with uncertainties that we're facing and, and even new hopes uh, that we are, we're hoping for. We should take a few minutes uh, this morning to uh, think through these very wise words found in Ecclesiastes 7 and meditate a bit on why it's unwise to ask such questions. So that's what we're going to look at. And I think the main point, there'll be some sub-points, but the main thing we're going to see that's going to keep arising out of the message from this text this morning is that while it's good to recognize the past and be aware of it and be reminded of it at times, it's bad to idolize the past. So we can recognize it, we should, but we should never idolize it. Uh, the Bible gives us, for instance, many reasons to cherish the past, to learn from its lessons, to remember its blessings, to remember all the promises that God has kept us, uh, kept for us in the past, right? We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet. We need to look back. And the Bible actually tells us to do that sometimes. Um, so, for instance, let me just give you a couple examples. Deuteronomy 7, 17. You may say to yourselves, these nations are stronger than we. How can we drive them out? But do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. Now we've been going through Exodus. We're going to continue to go through Exodus. But here we have the call for God's people to remember what God has done in the past for them. Not to be afraid to go into the future with faith, hope, and love. The God's good, into God's good future for them. And we do that by, it helps us to, to walk here now and go into God's good future by remembering what God has done in the past. As a matter of fact, God commands it. Deuteronomy 32, 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you. Your elders and they will explain it to you. It's good to go to the older saints and learn from them about uh, the lessons from the past and to hear the stories. So the, whatever Ecclesiastes 7.10 is saying, it's not saying to divorce ourselves from the past, to cut ourselves off from the past and not to learn from uh, the things that have happened in the past and those who have gone before us. No, as a matter of fact, the Bible passages dealing with learning the lessons from the past are way too numerable to mention uh, all of them this morning. 
Uh, so that's not what Ecclesiastes 7.10 is about. So for instance, we know those famous words we've heard uh, many of us over and over again of Winston Churchill. Those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So that's not what Solomon is saying. No, what Solomon is saying is that it's unwise to make an idol of the past or to have your heart so tied to uh, the days gone by that it paralyzes you and prevents you from appreciating the blessings and opportunities of the present and venturing into the future God has marked out for you. What is still to come? Commentator Michael Eaton puts it so well uh, when he says it this way. To evaluate the times may be needful, but to ask specifically for days gone by is wrong and foolish. Now here's the, the awesome thing he says here. One cannot face the difficulties of one age by pining for another. Isn't that powerful? One cannot face the difficulties of one age by pining for another. See, when we ask, why were the old days better than these? We gloss over the bad things uh, that occurred in the glory days and we, and we magnify the bad things that are going on right now. Um, a, quick, a quick example of this, uh, we can go on and on about examples, but I want to give you a, uh, just a few uh, simple ones. And I think about how folks say, you know, the 50s were such a simple time. How great it would be to go back to this drive-through diners and the burgers and the fries. And we didn't have to always have a, a cell phone with us. And, and uh, we didn't have social media and, and all these other things. Um, the food was more nutritious. It was more delicious. But we also forget things like, I think about my, my dad's older brother, who died of heart disease at 32 years old because... Uh, what the, the uh, advancements in medical technology we have today wasn't available back then. So if that would have happened to him here and now, it would have been a little blip and he would have had a longer life. Or I think about the fact that my, my dad's mom, who also died of heart issues, how I was a year and a half when she passed, but if she would have lived in modern times, I would have gotten to know her, um, so to speak. Um, and if, if those, those are my personal examples, but let's take a biblical example that, that'll hit everybody here. Uh, think about the ancient Israelites to go back to the uh, Egypt times again. They pined and they longed for the days of Egypt, right? When there were, there were leeks and garlic and water to spare for everyone. Um, so they, they look back at those days fondly and with great memories. And why are these days not as good as those days? But they kind of forgot about one little fact, the very fact that they were enslaved by a tyrant and their life was miserable because they were slaves and they were in the house of bondage. But not only is it unwise uh, to say these things because it glosses over the bad of the glory days and magnifies the bad of the present. But here's what I really want to talk about um, the rest of our time this morning. The worst negative side effect, hear me brothers and sisters, of living in the past is missing not only the blessings of the present, but the future that God is leading us into and that desires to bring us into. Now, John Claypool tells about a thunderstorm that swept through southern Kentucky 
at the farm where his ancestors had lived for six generations. In the orchard, the wind blew over an old pear tree that had been there as long as anyone could remember. So think about how old this pear tree was. Anyone that was alive still, they, it, it, is, it had always been there their whole lifetime. Now, Claypool's grandfather was saddened to lose the tree on which he had climbed as a boy and whose fruit he had eaten all of his life. A neighbor came by and said, Doc, I'm really sorry to see your pear tree blown down. I'm sorry too, his grandfather said. It was a real part of my past. So what are you going to do? The neighbor asked. His grandfather paused a moment and then said, I'm going to pick the fruit and I'm going to burn what's left. Now that's the wise way to deal with many things in our past, says John Claypool. We need to learn their lessons, enjoy their pleasures, and then go on with the present and the future. No matter how much our times are changing, and they are constantly changing right in front of our faces. How many times people will ask me even for this week, oh, what's our plan for tomorrow? What's our plan for next week? What's our plan for two months? With this pandemic, we really have to say in so many cases, I don't know. But no matter how uncertain our times are, we can still walk confidently in God's good future for his people by faith. Trusting in such promises as this one found in Isaiah 42, verses 16 to 17. Listen, God says this. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. <laughs> Sound familiar? I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say to images, you are our gods, will be turned back in utter shame. Really, the issue is this, isn't it, for all of us? When we say such things as, why were the days in the past better than these? We've really completely lost our bearing, haven't we? We've lost our focus. We've lost our perspective. It's not about a golden era or a successful campaign in the past or a slice of paradise that we found on earth in days gone by. No, it's all about the God who makes paradise a paradise to live in. It's about being in his presence. It's about enjoying him and glorifying him forever. Resting in him, exalting in him, taking his hand and following him into an unknown future. See, we follow the one we do know into a future that we don't. Living in the past obscures our view of what God is doing in the present and the good future he's leading us into for his own glory, for our own good, and that we might be a blessing to the world around us. Now, the Apostle Paul would certainly agree with this. We read it earlier, but I'm going to read it again. This time, I think, in the NIV. Uh, Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. Not that I've already obtained all this 
or have been made perfect, already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Where are your eyes fixed on this morning? Paul wasn't focused on the victories of the past or the failures of the past for that matter, but on the glorious future that God had called him to in Christ Jesus our Lord. He continued to testify to the grace of God while his eyes were fixed on Jesus heavenward, where Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father. Now listen, I, I do quote a number of times I have in the, in, in the recent past uh, from this song called Road to Zion by Petra, but it's so appropriate here. Just hear these words. Let them wash over you. Sometimes it's good to look back down. We've come so far. We've gained such ground. But joy is not in where we've been. And Solomon says amen to that, Ecclesiastes 7.10. But joy is waiting. It is who is waiting at the end. That's where joy is. If you're a believer in Jesus this morning, then I can tell you confidently, even without being a prophet, that the best is yet to come. Why? Because he's waiting for you at the finish line. That's why. He's going to be there at the end of your pilgrim journey. And whereas now we only see as in a glass dimly, then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, but then we will know fully, even as we are fully known. So we press on and we don't ask foolish, foolish questions like why were the old days better than these? Because as David Hubbard wisely points out, such a reactionary attitude does not reflect true wisdom which always must leave some openness, listen to this, to God's surprises. I love the way he puts that. Some openness to God's surprises. Don't you want to be open to the surprises that God still has in store for you? It ain't over. I've always thought that would be a great title for a book. I, uh, you know, I've, I've never really had the discipline or thought about taking the time out to write a book, but that would be an awesome book, Surprised by Grace, wouldn't it? I'm sure someone has already written one with that title, but I love that idea because it's true. Because if there's one thing I've learned over the years is that no matter how well I know the God of grace and has, have experienced no matter how deeply I've experienced his grace, his grace and his mercy toward me constantly surprise me. Can I get an amen? Now, remember uh, earlier in this message, I mentioned how a big focus on my life was to get back to the glories of the honeymoon period that I had with the Lord in those early days. The first few years when everything was new and I was on fire for the Lord. Well, here's the thing, brothers and sisters in Christ. Seasons don't last forever. Feelings, they come and they go. They're fickle. Success, successes and failures are part of life. That's part of the normal Christian life. 
But wanting to grow in holiness and godliness, longing to return to our first love and desiring to know, trust, love, and serve Jesus more wholeheartedly than we ever have before, that is achievable by his grace. But we're not going to get there. This is what the writer of Ecclesiastes says, the teacher, he calls himself, Koalith. We believe it's Solomon. He's saying we don't get to that place by pining for the glory days or the golden age of the past. We will only get there by drawing near to the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What ultimately, stop and think if you're a believer here, what ultimately gave those days such sweetness? Jesus did. It was walking with him, knowing him in all his glory. And the great news for you and for me in 2022 is that he is just as present here and now as he was back then. Even in the midst of these uncertain times, and he's still the only way to peace, joy, love, satisfaction, purpose, and meaning. So if you're a believer this morning, then Jesus is responsible for any joys, any victories of your past. And he's the only source, listen to this, he's the only source for any joy or any victory in the present or in the future. And he promises to all who trust in him that he will be their ultimate salvation in the future. When this present world has passed away, and he ushers in his kingdom with all its glory and all its goodness. So how do we navigate through an uncertain future and unknown waters that we live in today? We throw up that same sail of faith we threw up years ago if we're believers today. And we follow Jesus, our captain, into the good future that he has for us. Who knows what surprises of grace that still await us around the next bend. So as I come to a close, turn with me in your Bibles. Come on, let's go. You got a whole rest of the day to do all the other things you want to do, but we're going to turn right now to Matthew 7, real quick. And we're going to look, start at verse 7 of Matthew 7 as we come to a close. Listen to this. Hear these words from your Lord and Savior, the one who's with you right now and who is telling you to press on to his good future. He says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. My brothers and sisters, don't just seek, merely seek peace and joy, but seek Jesus and you will find his peace and his joy. Don't simply ask for a deeper faith. Ask for a closer walk with Jesus and you will receive the deeper faith that only he can give. He's the author of. And don't merely knock on heaven's door uh, for more usefulness in his kingdom and in the world for his glory. 
but rather knock on the door of Jesus himself so that he will be the one to open it and give you a wide open door for effective gospel ministry. These are the things that we pray for, for you individual, as individuals, for New City Fellowship as a mission church, uh, for us um, as we look forward to, Mayor and I look forward to in a year or so, um, ministering in Salerno, Italy. Uh, the most important thing for us, all of us, is to seek the Lord here and now. Um, remember the past um, as it pushes us to trust him more here and now and then in, in, into his glorious future. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you could be counted on. And we look forward to, even through the trials and the struggles, the difficulties and the uncertainties, we look to be surprised by your grace as we seek and as we ask and as we knock. Because as you promised, those who seek will find, those who ask will receive, and those who knock, the door will be opened. Oh Lord Jesus, as that father prayed and said to you those over 2,000 years ago, we do believe. Help thou our unbelief. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.